What's up, folks? Welcome back to the Whoop Podcast, where we sit down with the top performers out there, learn from them to help each one of us perform at a higher level. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop. We build the wearable tech that powers many of the best athletes in the world and, of course, many consumers who are trying to improve their health. Super Bowl week, so it's only fitting that we have a Super Bowl champ on the Whoop podcast. We published some data a couple weeks ago on Patrick Mahomes' epic win over the Bills. Mahomes did not make it to the Super Bowl, but the good news is Whoop is the official wearable of the NFL Players Association. So we get to work with many, many players in the NFL. Whoop actually is distributed to every player in the NFL at the beginning of every season. So with that, let's get to Super Bowl champ, Steve Weatherford, who won Super Bowl 46 with the Giants in 2012. And we talk everything mindset, fitness, and Super Bowl predictions. This is Steve's second appearance on the podcast. You can check him out, episode 46 as well. He spent 10 years as a punter in the NFL. And despite what you might think about punters, he was twice voted the fittest man in the league. Yeah, that's crazy, but it's true. He is really, 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 really fit. He's been on Whoop for a long time. And we talk a little bit about his Whoop data, some of his training habits, how he's gone from being a bodybuilder to now training for a 100-mile ultra marathon. We talk, of course, about that moment winning the Super Bowl, standing on the top of the mountain. And guess what? It actually wasn't this moment of euphoria for him. He felt deep sadness after winning the Super Bowl. So this is a really fascinating episode as well around mindset, mental health, what drives really successful people. Steve and I discuss the importance of relationships and why he believes it's the true currency of life, how he goes about creating a life filled with the most important things to him, what Tom Brady's career teaches us about consistency and how that can lead to greatness, and how he handicaps the Super Bowl, his pick for the big game, and spoiler, why he thinks quarterback Joe Burrow is primed for the big moment. Okay, as a reminder, you can get 15% off Whoop membership. Use the code WILL. That includes the brand new Whoop 4.0. And without further ado, here is Steve Weatherford. Steve, welcome back to the Whoop podcast. Man, it's it's good to be back here, man. It's an exciting time of year. I feel like you and I haven't caught up forever. I feel like last time you and I had like a real conversation was like right in the middle of like right when the pandemic hit. But man, I'm so happy and I'm so proud of what you guys have done and how you've grown and who how you've impacted. It couldn't have been like more God timing with your technology to come to scale at the same time when everybody was really, really sick, man. So it's really cool to be on your team. It's cool to come on here and have some conversation, timely conversations about kind of like what's going on in sports right now, what's going on in health and wellness and biohacking and family and marriage and life, man. It's good to be here. Well, it's good to see you. And, you know, one thing I love about you is you got a great positive attitude for life. And I I remember, I think... You sent me a video in you know March or April of 2020, right when COVID hit, and you're like, "Hey man, we're gonna get through this. How you doing?" And you've just always had that, you know, I think phenomenal, upbeat way about you. Well, you know what, Will? Thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. Something that I really, I want to say, I focus on, but something that I really value a lot is is learning, relationships, and experiences. 
and especially when you find people in life, I mean, I'm, I'm creeping on 40 years old, just turned 39. And the older I get, the more that I realize that relationships are really like the currency of life. You know, I've, I've, I'm old enough now that I've achieved like some pretty radical things. Well, like some things I never thought that I would achieve. Um, come to find out it really wasn't, it really wasn't the competition. It really wasn't the, the trophy. It was really, I find myself really valuing the struggle, really valuing like, I never thought in a million years I would miss training camp, but I don't miss training camp. I remember, I, rem, I miss doing hard things with people that I love. And so I'll kind of circle this back to like how you and I came together because I had been into biohacking and I had been into science and I played pro athletics for 10 years in the National Football League, won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants. If you know, if none of you guys know who I am, I'm not surprised. I'm a punter. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I played the NFL. You don't look like a punter. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I got a lot of free time now, man. Um, I really don't, though. I'm, I'm in about seven days. I'll be married for 15 years, and that's the greatest accomplishment of my life because you can build and deepen meaningful relationships while also developing yourself, and and that's really just kind of a, a life philosophy that I've adapted after leaving the NFL. And Whoop's been a big part of that because. When you do a lot of outpouring, you gotta make sure that you're getting oxygen first so you can make sure that everybody else around you, my wife, my kids, my employees, my friends, so I can make sure that I serve them and love them best. Well, there's a great theme that you just hit there, which is a theme for your life, and, and it's this idea of valuing relationships over achievements. Mm-hmm. And I wanna just spend a second honing in on the achievements side. You know, for our audience that's getting to know Steve Weatherford or, or maybe knows him, but doesn't realize what he values. Talk for a second about what these achievements are that you, you look at over the last 39 years of your life and you think of as, as important milestones in your life. And then we'll get to the relationship side of it. Before I talk about the achievements, I want to talk about like the fuel for which I use to pursue those. I mean, I was really, when I was really young, and I know there's a lot of athletic people that listen to this, so they'll probably connect with this. I was diagnosed with extreme ADHD. The only time I really felt celebrated was when I was playing sports. I mean, think about it. When is like hyperactivity and like motion most richly rewarded? It's when you're playing sports. I created this identity of myself at that young age that I'm only valuable, Will, when I win, right? And so you would imagine what that would do to somebody who's nine, 10 years old, I went all in on sports. Like I trained so mother flipping hard. And when I remember watching videos of myself when I was a kid, my mom pulled out some VHSs and I was the only kid on the court that wasn't smiling. It was so serious to me and we would win. And like everybody would be like, oh, they'd be so happy. But to me, it was an expectation. So I never celebrated the wins. And if we lost, I totally, like totally owned it. I don't like depression, you know, because I was worthless. That led me to doing really incredible things as an athlete, and it, and it led me to do incredible things developing my body because I was 108 pounds, five foot eight as a freshman in high school. So when I said God bless me, you know, as an athlete, He didn't give me like big muscles and you know these different. And, uh, and for people who aren't looking at a photo of you right now, what what give us your your dimensions today? Um, I'm six foot three. I'm 39 about 236 pounds, and I just ran a marathon like three days ago. So like my cardio is really strong. I didn't run super fast, but I ran a marathon at almost 240. You're fit Um, as hell. I became obsessed, Will, at like 13 years old, like obsessed with muscle magazines and nutrition and supplementation and all these different things. Protein. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it was bro team, but it was also like I was going to the like, like the library and reading like yeah. encyclopedias, like totally alert nerding out on it, and um, and just learning what I could learn and and you know what I could afford by cutting grass. I would go buy these those those different supplements and figure out what works, what doesn't work, and really develop my body into a machine to the point where. I was a uh, four-sport All-State in high school, got a whole bunch of scholarships for all different sports, ended up taking a scholarship to the University of Illinois to run track, play football, had an incredible career there, um, but still had the same mindset, like, I'm worthless unless I win, and the ultimate goal was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to get to the pros, and the reason I chose football out of high school is because I could have played basketball or soccer, but chances of me going pro in those just in my mind was like, well, dude, I'm already kicking the distances that the pros and the NFL are kicking. I think this is my shot. And I never really loved football, but I wanted to be the best at something. I wanted to prove to other people like I was valuable, especially my father. Like I'm trying to achieve something outside of myself to like plug this like this God-sized hole inside of me, like meaning, purpose. Like I would achieve these things and nothing would feel different. I remember the 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 day we won the Super Bowl, it was February 5th, 2012. So and I had already won, like, you know, the fitness awards and the philanthropic awards. And so in my mind, Will, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, when I win this, this is going to be the thing. Because this is like every little boy, regardless if you liked football or not, because everybody cared about it, you used to pretend like I'm in the backyard catching a football. Now, granted, right. I wasn't catching or throwing any footballs, Will, but I was in, I was in the Super Bowl. You know, and I was one of the best players in the world at my position. And it was 47 miles from my hometown. And I had the best game of my entire life. And so after the game, I remember looking for my, my family and we come down, we take pictures, Al Roker's interviewing me, you know, Michael Strand, all these people are all over, Regis Philbin. And they went to interview me. I thought it was the craziest thing ever. We go to the after party, it's unbelievable. My mom, my dad, my grandma, all my friends are there. And if they, weren't, if they weren't there, they were watching on TV. 124 million people watched that game. And I had the game of my life. Just to frame this, this is Giants-Patriots 2012. Yeah, sorry. We beat Tom Brady. So he just he just retired. He's got you, seven. You're one of like 150 people to beat Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. Incredible after party. We're celebrating and everything. And then about one o'clock, I go back. I remember putting my key card in and walking through my hotel room, Will. And, and then I walk up to this big window and we're in Circle City, Indianapolis, Indiana. I remember looking down. It's about 1, 1 And it, it's just an ocean of people, Will. They're celebrating they, like they're having the, the time of their life. And I remember taking a deep breath. And before I could like exhale it, I just remembered this like massive wave of depression coming over me because it was at that point, well, I realized it really didn't matter what I did, like extrinsically, there was nothing that I could achieve or do, or there's nothing that the scoreboard could say that would make me feel better about who I am. And so I knew at that point, like my seasons in the NFL were numbered. I knew that I would play more seasons because I was about to sign a contract extension, but I just knew that the NFL wasn't going to fill that hole inside of me. It hit you immediately. I mean, that is an incredibly profound statement. For anyone listening to this who thinks that they can succeed their way to happiness, I think that's all you need to hear. Mm. You know, there has to be some level of gratitude or giving or camaraderie that goes along with that success to frankly release the right chemicals. Like you were, you were just operating on a dopamine system that burned out. You got to the top of the mountain because you told yourself, when I get there, I'm going to be so happy. And when you got there, it wasn't what you were expecting at all. Like what you said was it's, 
guys, listen, it's it's more than your achievement. Steve's done some crazy things, and it didn't change anything for him. And and then you, you followed it up with you've got to attach different things to that. You've got to attach, you know, generosity and Thanksgiving. Um, and the other thing you said was was camaraderie. And to be honest with you, well, like I had all those things when I did that. I was so freaking thankful that I was like in the NFL. Are you kidding me? I'm from Terre Haute, Indiana, man. I'm a tobacco chewing, 108 pound freshman. You know, just a knucklehead. Right, right. right. Um, so I was really thankful. Um, I had camaraderie and the respect of my teammates. You know, I, and and I was generous when I was there. I think it's even a level deeper than that. And I really want the listeners to be able to like just ask yourself some really serious questions. I don't want you to do what I did. I don't want you to set a bunch of really big goals for yourself. And every single time you get to one of those big goals, you never thought that you would get to, you get there, you realize it's not, it didn't make you feel the way that you thought it was going to feel or didn't change your life or your mindset, your relationships, your circumstances, the way that you thought it was. So you think the goal needs to be bigger and I'm all for goal orientation. But I think at the end of the day, our lives are truly about the becoming and not the arrival a lot of the times we think the mission that we're on is the purpose of our lives. And so once we do, once we complete that mission, we think that we're supposed to arrive, but that's only a waypoint. Life is about growing. And one of the ways that Whoop has, has helped me to do that is it helps me manage myself. Like it helps me say like, Steve, you're ready to go ham today. And on other days that I think that it's time to really tune it up and go, it's like, well, you know, you, you should slow down. Now, I'll be honest with you, Will. Don't look at my metrics. Sometimes I don't <laughs> listen to what the teacher says. Sometimes the teacher says, hey, slow down. You should use some recovery today. And I go hard as a mother. But my point is, it's just really good to have somebody outside of you that doesn't want to judge you, that doesn't want to benefit you and only wants to help you. And so I'm certainly not saying that whoop is God, but whoop doesn't want anything from me. You know, it is, it is purely metrics. Let's talk for a second about whoop because you've been on whoop for many years. I think you were one of the early consumers to join the product. And that's of course how we got to know each other. And you are a ridiculously hard charging dude. One of the reasons I started the company was because I thought the hardest driving people and in particular athletes who overtrain mm. need a tool to hold them back. I was, yeah. you know, Harvard squash player and I would overtrain in a different way than I imagine you've overtrained, but but nonetheless, same concept, right? Where you just yeah. go, 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 right? More is more, period. And how do you create a governing system? So I know that you're now, I think you might argue the fittest you've ever been. Yeah. I know you're you're training, you just ran a marathon, you're incredibly fit. Talk a little bit about how you use whoop, strain, recovery, sleep, what it's been useful for. Yeah, one thing I've really been nerding up in the last like two months, because to be honest with you, for the first year, I didn't pay attention at all to when they said, go, this is when you go to bed, this is when you wake up. But it's kind of like, you know, you, you get to where you're like, well, I actually kind of trust this thing a little bit. Appreciate it really that. started to show you the metrics and you actually felt that way. So I would get to the point where I'd be like, I'm going to guess what it is because I kind of feel like crap and my knees and back are a little inflamed. I went hard yesterday and I got to the point where, man, it, it started to reflect about how I felt, you know? And so I started to trust it more. And so to answer your question, what's the, what's the thing? How do I use it? It definitely helps manage yourself if you're just purely a weightlifter. But what I've noticed is once I get into more of the 
overall wellness health you know like high intensity interval training running um, even hot yoga i've been using the heart rate monitor like real time especially in these longer duration runs that i'm doing because to be honest with you i've never ever in my whole life ran further in training than like three miles because if you're a sprinter a jumper uh, a basketball player a football player like over three miles, it's kind of like a reduced return on your investment of energy. So I never really did it. But now some of my training days, because I'm getting ready to run 100 miles later this year in, in late fall, is I really, really need to learn how to manage my energy for 24 hours because this race is going to, I'm going to be running for 24 hours. And that's so, going to kick your ass. Yeah. And so that's not going to be something, Will, where you can just tough it out mentally and physically where I'm going to be able to rely on this like overdeveloped, you know, physicality and overdeveloped mentality of like, I'll freaking run till I die. Well, you are going to die dummy unless you manage yourself, eat well, hydrate well. And so I'm really having to take, and I like it, but I'm having to take my training uh, to the next level of the next level because now I've always been really explosive from my training. I've been strong and I've been flexible and, you know, my ability. But endurance, endurance is like, I would say if I rank that, I'm like rookie level. You know, some of the, some of the other areas of overall wealth, wellness and, you know, physical development, I'm, I'm very developed. But from an endurance standpoint, like it's very humbling, but in a great way. Because here's the deal. If I, if I really do feel like I'm in the best shape of my life, I'm at halftime, Will. Think about yeah. it. You know, like I, I believe in the name of Jesus, I'll live longer than 78, right? However... I'm going to live my life like there is no tomorrow, but I want to live my life like there is no tomorrow with the highest quality of life. You know, I, I know based upon what, what Whoop has told me over the last, I want to say it's probably 25 or 26 months now, I operate best off of about a seven hours and nine minutes of sleep. So if I know at least if your boy can get seven, nobody can touch me. And I say that respectfully because I know I'm getting what I need and if I control the controllables, if somebody beats me or I don't do well, I can actually accept that as like, okay, this is a, this is a learning lesson for me. I controlled the controllables. I just didn't execute well. And so for me, it really helps competing. It helps training. I mean, I got six kids too. We didn't really talk about that. So like we yeah, talk a lot about training and athletics <laughs> and stuff like that. But just so you guys know, I put way more time, way more intentionality and way more strategy into the husband and the father than I am than any of this, you know, physicality, sports mindset stuff in this season of my life because my kids are 14, 12, 9, 6, 4, and 8 months. And I know that I'm not going to get these years back, you know, and I'm not working. I have no goal of like, oh, at 60, I'm going to retire. Dude, I'm going to be rolling like this until they put dirt on my body. You know, I'm not working for retirement. And so if that's the case, man, I want to make sure that I'm keeping the main thing, the main thing while I can, because I don't want to retire at 60 and be like, okay, now I want to be a great husband and a great father. So all of you kids come spend time with me. No, they're going to be like, dude, you were a jerk. You were too busy. You were gone. You were speaking. You were competing. Like, we don't know you. So that just, I, I just choose to, for that not to be me. And I have a vision, you know, when I'm 60 years old, that my children are getting married and they're actually coming back to the city that I live in because they want to live near to me. So I don't just want right. to have a great relationship with my kids. I want my kids to choose me later on in life. And that, to me, that is better and bigger than any Super Bowl that I could ever win. Because at the end of the day, 
when I'm dead and gone, those those trophies can be lost. I actually lost my Super Bowl ring. I found it again, but I lost my Super Ring. So my point is those things can go away. The impact and the character traits that I develop in my children and the impact that I have on the people that live around me and, and do life with me, that's true impact. I love it. Let me Let me ask you this question. If you're listening to this and you're a little bit out of shape and you aspire to, to get back into shape or be the fittest you've ever been, what, do you, what are like the two or three quick hit tips from Steve Weatherford? I would say have the ultimate vision of a rhythm for yourself, right? And that's the thing, like when we listen to music, we love it because it's got a rhythm, it's flowing, right? We don't like to listen to a plan we don't like to listen to a routine. We like to listen to a rhythm, but in order for you guys, if you're listening to this and you haven't found that wellness rhythm, you haven't found that relationship rhythm, you haven't found that learning rhythm, start with a plan, right? And I think the plan for you is, after you're done this podcast, like write down the things that matter most to you and then start to design with a routine, a life that includes those things that matter most to you because if you live a life of meaning, you'll live a life that matters most to you. I, I, I created a construct for my life, predicated off of what could I do that would appease and make other people happy. So find out what's important to you and design a life that is full of it. If you love relationships, design a business, design a life, design a routine that includes that. And it might take you a year, it might take you two years, but guess what, like for me, I got, it. I got about 39 years to go. I'm 39 years old right now. The average age is 78.3. Relationships are important to me. My dad, my dad's 67. So if he lives another 12 years, think about that. I don't know how old you are as you listen to this, but how old is your dad, your mom, you know, your brothers, your sisters? And how many, and then I want you to think about this for my dad. 12 more years I'll have him, right? According to science. I see him twice a year. That means I'm gonna see my father 24 more times before he's gone. That hits different, dude. Think about that. And so in order for you and I to live a life that matters most, it's not about six packs. It's not about abs. It's not about trophies. It's not about money. Those things, those are the things that are gonna naturally occur when you're living a life that matters to you because it's not gonna be, it's not gonna be something you're like, oh, I gotta show up on Monday. No, 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 you said you love this. So let's go start with a plan. And once you get a plan, make that your routine. And if you stay in that routine long enough, it will become your rhythm. There's a scripture in the Bible. It's Galatians 6, 9. It says, do not grow weary in doing good for in due season you will reap if you don't give up. And that's a word for everybody listening to this right now. Like if you're not doing good, start doing good. Get a plan, start doing good for in due season. If you don't give up doing good, you will reap if you don't give up. But at the end of the day, you're the only one that's going to pull yourself out of the mud, wash yourself off, find out what matters most. You get into a routine and then find that rhythm where you're just flowing, man, where relationships are coming to you, where you're going to relationships, where finances are flowing in your direction and you're not grinding, you're receiving grace. And I believe that that to me, that is, that is my aim in life. Well, phenomenal advice, and I think what you call rhythm, I probably call consistency because I feel mm. like consistency is the the secret. All right, since it's Super Bowl week, we got to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl and the NFL. 
let's hit the hot topics. Tom Brady just retired. What do, what do you make of his career? Well, you, you said it earlier. You know, you said consistency. I would say it would be a combination of consistency and alignments. And when I say alignments, um, I have a relationship philosophy that the who that you do life with will determine the what you do in life. And so I believe that early on, Tom understood that. And, and in the off season, if you'll remember, I mean, dating back 20 plus years, there were always articles of Tom doing a new diet that nobody's done before, Tom doing a new type of training that nobody's done before. And he would always, every single off season, he would go seek out new experts. He would go seek out new gurus and he would work with these guys and he would add on to his game in the off season, every single off season. I just saw a lot of guys in the NFL that got there on a lot of physical talent and a lot of physical gifts. And there's an interesting statistic that there's more, and I haven't checked this in a couple of years, but when I retired, there was a higher percentage of undrafted free agents that played 10 years in the National Football League like I did. I was undrafted and I played for 10 years. There's more of us that play for 10 years than first rounders. Isn't that interesting? So the first rounders are the, the, the most freaky football, most highest, uh, I would say, ability athletes in the NFL draft. So how are the guys that aren't drafted at all playing longer? And I, it, is, it, is, it is my hypothesis that it's because those are the guys that don't think they belong there. They had to work really hard to get there. And then in the off seasons, I would watch these undrafted re- free agents just grind and grind and grind and grind because I was a grinder. And I would watch these first rounders just kind of like stroll in because they knew that their contracts were guaranteed because their signing bonuses were so big. And so they didn't have that motivation. Tom Brady was a six rounder, which is pretty much undrafted free agent. I think his signing bonus was like $42,000. Mine was $7,500 and I was undrafted. So they're pretty much about the same. So circling back on your question, I think it's the consistency of creating new alignments and growing every single year. We've got the Bengals and the Rams. Do some picks on here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do some picks. This is a uh, we've become talking heads now. I like Joe Burrow, by the way, man. The guy's got swagger. He's got a lot of confidence, right? He does. Nice man. natural confidence. All right, so who do you think is gonna win the game? I like the teams that have momentum going into the Super Bowl. You know, like guys that are flying high, and it's really a lot of the times it's predicated off of the game before. You know, did they did they win a really close one? Did they overcome the odds? Joe Burrow got no business being in the Super Bowl, man. He's flying high. He he doesn't realize how big of a game this is. I mean, and the point is, it's a good thing. Yeah, he did it. He did it at LSU. And the guy's a winner, you know. So I like the Bengals. I also like the Bengals. I think the story around the Rams is a good one. You got Sean McVay, uh, who I've spent some time with. Very thoughtful guy. He He's he went all guy. in. He yeah. went all in. Right. He made all these offseason moves. And uh, it's a good Matt Stafford story. Shows if you end up on the wrong team, maybe you never get the potential you deserve. And often yeah. you don't see that story play out, right? He got to, he joins a different team with a different coach, and now he's playing in the Super Bowl. Hey, I don't know half- if he'd won a playoff game before that, right? Not to change the subject, but the halftime show is going to be lit. Did you see who's Great there? halftime show. Oh, my gosh. It's like all my favorites. It's like Eminem, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Who else is doing it? Kendrick Lamar's in it. 
Yeah. Uh, it's going to be – no, it's going to be awesome. All right, who's going to win the Super Bowl MVP? We got Joe Burrow plus 230. That's a pretty good bet. Yeah. I'll tell you the bet I like. Aaron Donald mm. plus 1,800. Mm. He's going to be the, hungry too. If the Rams win that game, which is you know kind of a toss-up at this point looking at the odds – there's probably a better than eight one in eighteen times chance that uh, that he has like oh. three sacks and just menaces. That's a the good Bengals. bet. Yeah, he's yeah. gonna be hungry, man. He and he's got some momentum coming from that last game. And people aren't talking about him. You know, when when you've got a guy who's like arguably the best guy on the field, let alone in the sport, and mm-hmm. people aren't talking about you, that that kind of gets at you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's talking about Stafford. Everyone's talking about McVeigh, Burrow. Chase. I haven't heard much about Donald. I like that. All right, high scoring game, low scoring game. We got over under forty eight and a half points. I th- I think we're gonna go over. I think it's gonna be awesome. I think it's gonna be high scoring. I think it's gonna be like thirty one to twenty eight Bengals. Okay, I'm gonna go the other way. I think it's gonna be low scoring. I think it's gonna be well under. I think you get two quarterbacks who are stoked, but they're gonna be a little nervous in the first half. And it's going to be like 7-3 at halftime kind of game. And then you'll see some action in the second half. But I've got this at like, you know, 21-18, something in that district. Joe Burrow doesn't even know what nervousness is. Let's go, young warrior. Let's go. Where can people find you, Steve, if they want to know more about the great Steve Weatherford? Well, I don't know about the great Steve Weatherford, but if you want to know about me, um, I'm, I'm active on I'm active on social media. Uh, one thing that I would love for people to do is, man, I would love for you guys to listen to my podcast as well. You know, it's high performance. Uh, Steve Weatherford show the high performance tactics for high performance life. I've actually hasn't haven't recorded for two months. We're about to start recording, and we're going to do about three episodes per week. And I'm really really excited about it because when you I haven't taken two months off. You know, we were talking about earlier. I go so hard. I've never taken two months off, and not just from um, from podcasting, YouTube, and all that stuff. Like, I didn't lift weights for two months, and that's the longest it's been in my entire life. And I think that's, you know, I got back into it six weeks ago, and I think that's why my body's responding as well as what it is. So that would be an encouragement out there to you guys. Don't be afraid to rest. You know, and I feel like a lot of us feel like we need to work for rest, but I believe the most effective way for you to perform mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually is for you to work from rest. Well said. Okay, brother. Well, this has been a pleasure. I look forward to doing your podcast at some point. Yeah, man. And uh, it's been awesome getting to catch up with you. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, man. I'm proud of you. I'm pl- proud of what you, uh, what you guys have built, and I believe in you, Will. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you to Steve for coming on the Whoop podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, You can check us out on social at Whoop and at Will Ahmed. Reminder, you can get 15% off a Whoop membership by using the code Will. That's W-I-L-L. And with that, stay healthy, folks. Stay in the green.